Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola y bienvenidos al episodio 32. Welcome to episode 32 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk more about travel in Latin America and how you can create a truly culturally immersive experience when you travel. So I'm going to walk you through some steps for how to prepare for a trip to any Spanish-speaking country so that you can experience the country like a local. So you get more of an experience of someone who actually lives there and not so much of just being a tourist. So maybe you've already got a list of countries that you love to visit in Latin America. Maybe you've even already booked your next trip, right? You've looked at your flight, your hotels, or if you're going to stay at a hostel or an Airbnb, whatever it is. Um, maybe you've already gotten to that point and you're just ready to plan for how you can actually get a true immersion experience for your trip. Now, when many people travel, one of the number one things they want to do, right, when they get there is try to practice their Spanish with the locals, right? Um, and sometimes it can be intimidating, um, but also when you travel, I think, um, at least I found for me, that usually when I'm on the road or when I'm um, sort of on a travel adventure that I tend to be a little bit more outgoing and talking to people um, just because when you travel, I think it, it can change uh, things a little bit for you. So um, if you're in that mindset and you're already ready or thinking about your next trip, I'm going to walk through some steps that will really help you take advantage of this opportunity 
of travel not to just do what a typical tourist does, right? Not to just go and to a TripAdvisor and find like the best attractions or the best restaurants or some maybe off the beaten path activities to do, but really still stay with English speakers and, and groups of tourists and hotels that cater to English speakers. Um, we're going to talk about how to break out of that typical uh, travel or vacation experience and really get you entrenched into the culture so that you can really take advantage of an opportunity to connect with people and to practice and improve your Spanish. Now you could just go to an all-inclusive resort, right? And be waited on hands and foot and, and do that for a week or two. Um, but I don't know about you, but I found that when I've tried to take those types of trips, I get bored very quickly. Um, there's only but so much sitting on the beach any one human being can do. I mean, I, I love taking breaks and I do love the beach, don't get me wrong, but I think there is really... Um, a lot of wasted opportunities when people travel and just sort of stick to the regular itinerary that's laid out for them, right? Or they just kind of do what, uh, you know, one of the travel websites or travel bloggers might say and, and don't really take the opportunity to really grow, right? Not only grow your language skills, um, but also grow your confidence, especially if you travel alone. Um, you find that there's a lot of, of things that you have inside you that you just don't have to use in your day-to-day -day life that really come out when you travel. And uh, you can meet new friends, expand your perspective, and really get exposed to different worldviews that might change the way that you see the world when you come home. So it's, it's beyond just language, but we will talk about some ways in this episode for how you can maximize your exposure to Spanish when you travel in Latin America um, through those culturally enriching activities. Now, creating this type of experience is not just going to happen to you by chance, right? Um, it takes intentionality and it takes a little bit of planning. But I think you'll find in the end, it's well worth the little bit of effort that you have to put forth prior to your trip in order to really get the most out of the time that you have abroad. So my first suggestion to do before you even get onto the plane is about four to six weeks before your trip to start keeping track of the local news of the city or country that you're going to visit. Okay, so once you get there, you're gonna to wanna to interact with the locals, right? But you're gonna need something to talk about. And it's nice to have sort of those basic conversations like, uh, where are you from? You know, why are you traveling here? Tell me about the best restaurants in the area, right? That's nice. But if you have an idea about what's actually going on currently uh, in the country, it really informs your conversations a lot more and you'll have something interesting to talk about, right? So it doesn't have to be politics, right? It can be anything that you're interested in, but just try to stay current on what's happening right now, right? So if you're into theater, know what shows are in town. If you're into music, find out what concerts are going on. If you're into fashion, find out about what uh, the, new, the latest fashion news is in the country, right? So it still can be something you're interested in, but I do recommend to really get some uh, idea of what the current events are of the place that you're going to, all right? So to do that, you can do a simple search on the internet, right? We've got almost everything at our fingertips these days. Uh, so you can search for noticias, which is news, right, in Spanish, which is N-O-T-I-C-I-A-S, and the name of the city that you're going to. So you get really, really local news instead of just national news. Um, you can also do it by country as well if you want a broader perspective on what's happening there. And especially if you're going to be visiting more than one city, it'll give you sort of a broader view. But do a search for noticias, the place you're visiting, 
and you should find um, a lot of different resources that will help you uh, learn about what's going on in that country. And again, if you start doing this about four to six weeks before your trip and then just kind of you know, keep on top of it every week and just see what the news stories are that are developing, um, you'll find yourself in a much better position to have an informed conversation and a much more interesting conversation when you go there. Um, I'll give you one example. I know I went to Costa Rica years ago and uh, there was actually a volcano that had recently erupted there, right? It was one of those that was just ash, wasn't like really a lot of lava, but there was this layer of ash that was like coating the capital city of San Jose, right? And um, there was, you know, still by the time I got there, they were still doing a little bit of cleanup. So it was something that, you know, when we got picked up at the airport, I could have a conversation with the driver about, um, and he told me a little bit more about it. And, you know, for them, it's more of a common occurrence, I guess. Um, so it wasn't sort of a a natural disaster, so to speak, but it did disrupt things a little bit. But had I not read the news prior, I wouldn't have been able to have that context and I would have been shocked, right? And maybe even a little scared, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't have volcanoes where I live, right? So um, just kind of having that perspective really helped when I got on the ground to really feel like I was uh, more prepared to have that conversation and much more informed. So that's just one example. There's plenty of others. Um, But again, This is something that you can do very easily. You can look for things that are, um, of course, in Spanish as well. So this is a good opportunity for you to practice your uh, reading comprehension in Spanish, learn some new vocabulary, and also your listening comprehension. If you go onto a site like YouTube or one of the news sites, try to look for some of the video clips of some of the local news stories as well so that you can also practice your listening skills as you're getting informed about what's going on in the place that you're going to visit. Um, I really do kind of recommend staying away from like your generic uh, nightly news because those things can be a little anxiety producing. I personally myself do not watch a lot of news, but I do try to stay um, informed about things that are important to me and things that matter to me. So try to keep it light if you can. Maybe look for the entertainment news. Maybe just, you know, find out what the weather is, right? You would do that anyway, but look for it in Spanish. So there's a couple of things you can do, but I would kind of steer away from, you know, looking about looking up crime and you want to be safe uh, when you travel, but I wouldn't focus on that type of news. Try to look for something that's a little bit lighter and a little more interesting and something that you're interested in that you like to talk about when you get there. All right. So one good site for that, I'll actually post a a link in the show notes page. If you go to learnspanishconsalsa.com forward slash 32, I will include links to all the sites I mentioned. So make sure you check out the show notes uh, if you want to get the links to these. But there is one site in particular that I really like. It's called kiosko.net. So it's K-I-O-S-K dot net, N-E-T. And they actually have... Uh, headlines and the front page actually like the the actual image of the front page of newspapers from all around the world Um, and they definitely have covered all of Latin America so you can go to that section for Latin America you can even even if you don't want to read in depth what all the news stories are you can see the front page of the newspapers and you can read those headlines and what's on the front page and that'll that's something you can skim to get a very general idea and they update it daily so if it's a daily paper then it'll be updated daily if it's a weekly paper you'll be able to go and find uh, the weekly paper and see the front page on there and also link to their separate websites if they have a website so that you can also uh, read the full story. But I, I really love Kiosko because they have uh, local news, so they'll cover a country, but then they'll break it down into like you might find a business or economics newspaper. You might find like their local pop culture, more gossipy <laughs> paper. So they've got a little bit of everything on there. So I definitely like Kiosko.net for that. 
So that's the first tip. Get up to date with the local news and jot down a couple of things uh, if you need to, to help jog your memory when you get there. So you can really have something in your back pocket that will spark a good conversation. Now, tip number two is to learn some of the regional dialect of the place that you're going to visit. Just a quick warning for you, right? So depending on where and how you've, you've learned Spanish or you're learning Spanish, Spanish speakers that you encounter in the real world have never read your Spanish textbook or course material, right? Newsflash. So in their day-to-day lives, especially depending on where you go, you may hear some words that you've never heard before. And most of that is because Spanish is a very diverse language and just like English or many other languages, there are a lot of regional words and dialects, right? So for example, here in the US, um, I'm from the East Coast, so when we're talking about carbonated beverages, we refer to them as soda. But if I was to go to Chicago or somewhere in the Midwest, they would say pop, right? Just like short for soda pop. We chose to say pop, well, we chose to say soda. They chose to say pop out of soda pop. So we've got that, that sort of difference in something that's a very basic thing, right? Um, but if you were learning English and you weren't aware of that and you were dropped off in Chicago, but your English textbook told you that this asked for a soda and um, you go to Chicago and you hear someone say, do you want to pop? You might be a little bit confused, right? So some things are just that simple, but other things are a little bit more complicated and complex, right? Down to how people speak, right? So different accents are something to get used to, as well as not just the words for simple things like soda, but also some verbs in the way that they're used. Um, and there's some things that may be vulgar in one country, but are not vulgar in another. So it's something that you'll want to look into before you travel. So if up until this point, you've been just generically learning Spanish and sort of learning you know, from whatever resource you find, and let's say you're planning to visit Medellin, Colombia, I would suggest that a, a little bit before your trip, um, and if, you know, again, as much in advance as possible, depending on how long you're going to stay and how interested you are in the culture. But I would say at least, you know, again, this is a thing you want to start doing at least four weeks before your trip. Try to get familiar with some of the regional language. Okay. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're 100% unprepared. Now, of course, part of traveling and the experience of meeting people and talking to people, you will learn some of those things as you're there in the country, but why not be prepared instead of confused, right? So I always say if you can find a good resource that explains the particular dialect of that country, definitely look into that, okay? Because that'll make you feel a lot more prepared and a lot more comfortable when you're having conversations in Spanish when you get there. So there's a couple different ways you can do this. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you're looking for local news sources, another thing that you can do is look for different websites that are geared towards um, or actually produced in the country that you're visiting. So let's say I'm interested in, I guess I'll pick a random topic, um, no, I won't pick a random topic. This is Learn Spanish con Salsa. So let's say I'm interested in music, okay? And I'm about to plan a trip to Buenos Aires. But right now, the, my, the music that I listen to is mainly salsa because I love the music and the dance and all that, right? But I'm going to Argentina. 
Now, I might want to maybe switch gears a little bit and start listening to tango, or maybe there's some rock bands from Argentina or different genres of music that are specific to Argentina that I don't know about yet. Um, that might be a good way to get in touch with the culture, and, and also you will learn some of the, that regional slang in the music, because often, obviously, the artists that are from those places are going to, one, speak with a particular uh, vocabulary and also with an accent, um, that will help you get familiar with the way people from that country speak. So that's just one example. You can look for music from the country. Um, you can look for, you know, TV series. You can um, actually also, um, it's really a cool site called TuneIn. You can go to and listen to radio stations that are um, broadcasting from those countries. So that's also another great way to get the news like we talked about in step one. But you can kind of like uh, tune into their, their feed uh, that they're broadcasting on the internet you can begin to listen um, to especially like the morning shows where they're more conversational and people are often having these topical discussions about, you know, the, the news of the day. And it's a little bit less um, intimidating than reading a full article. Um, but you'll, you'll, you'll one, you'll hear the accent. So you kind of get used to hearing that you hear it in regular conversation. Um, and you'll also get abreast of what's going on in the country as well as learn some of the, the slang possibly from hearing that. So, that's another good way to sort of get yourself used to what are the regionalisms or what are the what are the specific types of vocabulary or differences in Spanish in this region from what I'm used to. So it's really good to get laser focused on just that one region when you prepare for your trip. So like for instance, for me, um, when I was taking a trip one time to Dominican Republic, you know, I already love bachata music, but it's like, okay, I'm just going to listen to bachata. I'm going to listen to the radio stations that are broadcasting from Santo Domingo so I can kind of get an idea of what's happening in the island. And also just really focusing on content. So like on my YouTube feed, I would look for all the Dominican type channels just in prep for the trip that were all about Dominican culture, food, like, you know, little jokes and things about like, oh, you know, how Dominicans act and that kind of thing. But it was content produced by people from Dominican Republic. So I got a little bit more insight and more exposure to the accent and the language because there's a lot of words in DR that are like so different from the rest of the Spanish speaking world. So it was really helpful to feel a little bit prepared because after my first trip there, I was I felt completely unprepared. So, you know, I kind of learned my lesson the hard way. If you're new to the podcast, you may not know this already, but if you've been listening for a little while, you're probably already aware that um, because I couldn't find any resources when I was preparing for my trip to the Dominican Republic, I actually worked with some uh, Spanish speakers and teachers from the island to develop a Dominican Spanish course uh, that will be really helpful uh, in helping you prepare for your trip to Dominican Republic if that's on your travel bucket list, which if it isn't, I definitely recommend that it is. So uh, if you want to try it out for free, you can get a free trial. Just search for Dominican Spanish 101. I will also include a link in the show notes page. Uh, again, learnspanishconsalsa.com forward slash 32 for this episode so that you can get the link directly to the free trial of the Dominican Spanish 101 course. So I'll, I'll include links to resources for all of the dialects that I have. I also have Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and, and a few other dialects available as well. So I will link those uh, country specific resources as well in the show notes. Another great resource, and again, I'll include this link in the show notes, uh, learnspanishconsalsa.com forward slash 32, 
at Spanish Pod 101. Uh, they have a great regional Spanish series that not a lot of people probably know about, but they, they don't have it for every country, but they do have a few different resources that um, for, I think, Peru, for Mexico, a lot of it is, is Mexico. They have a great series for Costa Rica that I definitely recommend that I used before my trip to Costa Rica. And I can tell you right now, it really helped me understand conversations because I would hear locals talking to each other and I remembered some of the vocab I learned from the uh, regional Spanish series on Spanish Pod 101 while I was in Costa Rica. And I was like, oh, I understand what they're saying because they were speaking more informally because they weren't talking to me. They were talking to each other. But I was able to sort of eavesdrop a little bit. Right. <laughs> I think we all do that as language learners. Like, oh, can I understand what they're saying? <laughs> so I had one of those moments and it was great because I felt prepared. And I was like, I felt like, you know, I have like the inside scoop here. Like I'm not just, you know, a typical tourist who just showed up here to go to the beach or, you know, do ecotourism or whatever, I kind of have a little bit more of an idea of how people speak um, that are actually from uh, Costa Rica. So that I find to be really, really helpful. Even if you only catch a couple things, it's it's a few things more than you would have caught had you not even tried to prepare. So I, I definitely think it's worth it. And it also can be a topic of conversation because if you say one of those words, Someone might look at you and go, wait, where are you from? How did you know that, right? It's almost like, how did you know our secret? That's happened to me before. So um, so it's a lot of fun um, to kind of play around with that. And it's a huge part of the culture. And it'll teach you so much about the people as well. So definitely recommend learn some of that local language and dialects before you go. Now, the third thing I recommend, um, and this goes along with one and two, you know, it's to get yourself exposed a little bit in advance to the culture that you're about to immerse yourself into is get a language partner that's from the place you're about to visit, okay? So this is a really good way and even better than the first two um, options I've given you so far, even better way to get used to the way that locals speak. So you can use a language exchange site or an app like Tandem or HelloTalk. Um, And again, I'll I'll put these links uh, as well in the show notes page so you have some options for language exchanges. Or you can even use social media to connect with a native Spanish speaker that's either from the area you're about to visit or they're actually currently living there. Now, depending on where you're going, it may be easier or more difficult to get uh, in contact with people who currently live there. I know Cuba can be a challenge because of the Internet and and sort of how um, it's just not as great. They don't have great Wi-Fi there, so it may be harder to have a voice conversation or a video chat with someone from Cuba. But um, in a lot of places, you'll find that there are some people at least that are available in language exchange that you can talk to. And, you know, you can ask them, hey, where do you live? Um, Tell me about your neighborhood. Tell me about like what what do you guys eat there? Like what's the best place to go get like some food? Like where do where do people in your family, where do your friends go instead of just like the tourist places? Right. Like that's a great way to get some insight before the trip. If you don't already have friends there, you don't know people who live there already. Go on a language exchange app and ask some of those questions. They can also help you practice speaking. Um, They can explain some of those regionalisms. So like, let's say you were listening to the news, like I mentioned the first step and you hear a couple things and you have questions about it. Right. And you're like, wait, what's really going on here? Give me the background on the story. And you can tell your language exchange partner like, hey, like I, I read yesterday that there was, um, you know, a protest in, in this city. Like, what's that about? Like, should I be worried about it or whatever it is? Right. Um, but but it's a great way to practice and test out some of your conversation as well before you get there. Um, so I think finding a language uh, exchange partner from the place you're going to visit, definitely from that country, even better if it's from the city or region you're going to. 
um, is a great idea if you don't already have some folks to talk to. And again, uh, if you go to the show notes page, I'll give you some links to some places where you can find uh, some conversation partners if you don't already have some in the country that you're about to visit. It also helps when you get there, you know, if it's someone that you've been talking to for a while. And again, you can do this up to a month or so before your trip, even up to like a, a few weeks before, um, if you just want to get some information. But if it's someone that has been your exchange partner for a few months, it might even be someone that you can meet up with when you get there if you feel comfortable. It's a great way to make a new friend. And especially if you're traveling to that place, you'll have an opportunity to meet them in person and have an in-person language exchange. Okay, tip number four, connect on social media. Now, guidebooks are great if you want to be a tourist, but advice from real people is what you need to experience your destination like a local. So you can use social media to connect with people who are already in your destination, whether it's an expat community or another local group, something on maybe Meetup in some countries, they have that as well. You can connect with these people before you get there and ask for ideas of where to go or places that you should see and things to do. Also, the site Airbnb, uh, they've started these experiences that you can sign up for and you can experience your destination with a local. So they'll actually take you around and they'll usually take you through something very specific like uh, maybe a cooking class or a yoga on the beach or a hike through a certain park or um, there's all types of activities, uh, a bar crawl or just um, a food truck tasting type thing. There's all types of diverse things on Airbnb experiences. So that's something to also check out because usually these people are vetted. So it's a little bit more comfortable if you if you don't feel, especially if you're a solo traveler, you're not uh, 100% comfortable of just meeting a language exchange partner. Uh, the Airbnb experiences have been pretty well vetted. Um, and I actually, um, so as, as a side note, when I took a trip to Cartagena in Colombia, I actually did use Airbnb experiences because I didn't really plan the trip. Um, and I'll talk probably about that in another, <laughs> another podcast, another one of my interesting travel stories. But I didn't actually plan to go there. So I didn't have any itinerary. So when I got there, I said, well, what will I do? I don't really know anyone in Cartagena. So I just, um, I used Airbnb experiences and had a great time on a few excursions, went out on a boat, had some fresh fish. Uh, it was, it was great. Um, it really saved my trip because I hadn't really planned an event. So Airbnb experiences is great. And you really do get more authentic experiences. It's not just going on a group tour. Usually it's, um, not these like huge companies that are running these. These are, are people who have, a particular uh, unique experience to take you through that uh, from where they're from. And it's really interesting. And this is another person you can practice your Spanish with. And this is somebody who will probably be much more comfortable with talking to you in Spanish because they are uh, an outgoing person who has signed up with Airbnb to give you an experience. So it's someone that um, is probably a lot easier to have a conversation with than just sort of randomly walking up to someone on the street and trying to spark up a conversation, right? If you're not a super extrovert. So um, yeah, Airbnb experiences are great. Connecting with people on social media as well uh, before you go, uh, looking up some groups. So for instance, if you are interested in uh, salsa dancing or yoga, uh, you can search on Facebook for yoga in Cartagena or salsa dancing in, let's say, Argentina. Because believe it or not, I did find salsa dancing in Argentina, even though it's the home of tango in Buenos Aires. So, yeah, so kind of look for some of those things before you get there so that you can connect with some real people. Right. And then find out like, hey, there's a Friday night. There's a Friday salsa night. Is this a really good one to go to? Is it well attended? Like, how are the dancers? Like, you can kind of get the inside scoop instead of just randomly exploring and going to a place that ends up being a hole in the wall because even though it's advertised, it's really not a good 
uh, spot to go to. So anyway, that's uh, another recommendation, connecting on social media. I think it's a great way to uh, get in touch with some people who are actually uh, there uh, on the ground to get some more updated information. And, and also, you know, again, more people to connect with before you get there, especially if you're a solo traveler. The next thing I'd recommend is to find a language school. Now, I know you're probably thinking, okay, I want to go on vacation. I want to travel. I do not want to go to school, right? But you really don't have to enroll in an intensive language course. But I do think attending a language school while you're traveling is a great way to ease yourself into speaking Spanish, especially if you haven't been using Spanish in your life day to day. You can often find really affordable group classes that are just maybe a few hours a day, even going up to four hours a day, depending on how intensive you'd like to study. Uh, group classes are a great way to meet other travelers and also get the inside scoop on some of the best places to visit. Now, if group classes aren't your thing, um, many language schools also offer private lessons. And that's really good if you're more of an intermediate or advanced learner and you need to focus on improving some specific skills, um, or if you just don't want the time uh, detracted from your lesson that comes from a group, right? Even if it's a small group, you've got to sort of give them time to ask questions and, and that kind of could take away from um, your lesson, depending on how intensive, again, you want to focus. Other people do like the group lessons because of the social aspect of talking to other people. But also don't be afraid to ask your teacher, whether group or private lesson, for some recommendations for other things to do during your breaks, different places to visit. They're usually a great resource because they're used to talking to travelers that come through that are learning Spanish. And also a lot of the language schools that teach Spanish abroad, not only are they pretty affordable, but they also host social activities and excursions that can really help you adjust to being immersed in the local culture. And again, this can be especially helpful if you're traveling by yourself. So language schools are a great resource, not just for practicing your Spanish and getting used to where you are. They also, of course, will give you some of the local customs as well. And it's a real good way to get yourself in touch with uh, speaking Spanish again and just getting used to the language before you sort of go out exploring. Now, a hallmark of most language school experiences is the homestay. Um, and if you've never done this before, you've never heard of this, this is an opportunity where you get to stay with a local family. And these are families that have been selected and vetted by the schools. Um, so you stay in their home. Uh, you have conversations with them. You almost become a part of the family, right? You have meals together. Um, and this is hands down the best way to experience life in the country in an authentic and immersive way. Often the families that you'll be staying with do not speak English, so you'll have to speak to them in Spanish and it will force you to speak Spanish because you really won't have another option. So homestays are a great option in many language schools. Even when you sign up for courses, they encourage you to try the homestay because what can usually happen, especially if you take group classes, you're going to be with other people who are learning Spanish. And what are you going to do during the breaks? You're probably going to revert to English. And that can be a good break, especially if you're in an intensive, like four or five hour a day class. However, if you really are trying to make some progress and really trying to get yourself immersed in Spanish, staying with a local family is a great way to find out how it is day to day to live there. And also it helps you become a great problem solver because you have to figure out how to communicate with someone who doesn't speak any English. You don't have that crutch. Now, granted, you know, it's not, it may sound scary to some people that might go, oh my God, like, I would, what would I do in this situation? It's not, um, 
you know, super scary at all. Like the language schools are communicating with the families, are communicating with you. So if you have something you need to let them know in English, you can do it through the school. It's not, you know, you're not going to be completely on your own. But I do remember when I um, actually took a trip to Panama, I went to a school there called Ablaja, and I definitely recommend it. It was a great school, and I stayed with a host family for a week. And I remember trying to explain to them that I was vegetarian because <laughs> they also cook for you. Most of the time, your meals are included in what you pay for your stay. And yeah, it was great because I learned about some new vegetables, right? Because I was in uh, Central America and the cuisine there is different. And they have vegetables there that we don't have where I'm from. So it was a really cool way for me to communicate. But I had to make sure like, okay, this is a vegetable, right? Because <laughs> I've never seen this before. Like, what is this? It's not meat. So um, it's great, the things that you learn and having to go through those experiences. And there's really no match for actually being in that situation where you have to use Spanish. And it's also a safe space because, you know, you're with a family who's had other students stay with them, other English speakers or people who speak other languages. So it's not new to them. Um, they're they're going to know how to communicate with you. And you also have the school there to support you. So it's a good way of getting your feet wet with immersion without being completely on your own. So if you haven't tried a homestay yet or you haven't tried a language school abroad, I definitely recommend it. And again, they're also generally if you're traveling within Latin America they're usually very affordable so it's not as much tuition as if you were to go take a course at a local college for instance in Spanish but I think they're much more valuable because you get all this other insight so that is tip number five so those are my five tips for how to prepare for a true immersion experience on your next vacation to Latin America so just a quick recap. The first tip was to keep abreast of local news before your trip. Uh, the second is to learn some of the regional dialects. Third was to get a language exchange partner from the country you're visiting. The fourth tip is to connect on social media to find groups um, that are really uh, in the country that you're visiting that cater to your interests. And I also mentioned um, Airbnb experiences and meetup.com there as well. And the last tip was to find a language school um, and take some Spanish classes while you're abroad uh, to really prepare yourself to experience the country authentically. So that is it. Those are my five tips to prepare for your next trip to Latin America so you can make it a true immersion experience and not just be a typical tourist. And I know if you're listening to this podcast, you love music and you probably also love travel and culture and that you're probably a person that wants to explore beyond just doing the all-inclusive route. So definitely try out those five tips. Let me know what you do to prepare for your trips abroad. And if anything I said that you've tried before, or if there's something else that I didn't mention that you would like to share. So that is it for this episode of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. And as always, I hope something that you heard today, when you put it into practice, will help you go one step closer from being a beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.